which is why I'm a big fan of sort of picking a lane and going down it, which is why I've kind of planted my flag in the whole build a brand around something you're passionate about. Shame. And then, of course, even once you've actually picked a lane and, and gone down it, actually running your e-commerce business day to day. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Do you feel you're wasting money you could be keeping in your pocket? Well, many private label Amazon sellers don't even know where they're wasting money, let alone how to stop it. And if that's you, we can help. Our new online assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a powerful and quick diagnosis, go to amazonprofitquiz.com. That's amazonprofitquiz.com to get your instant free analysis straight away. If you would like resources and links and other help, to do with today's episode just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 464 ladles and jelly spoons boys and girls welcome back to the 10k collective podcast for six seven and eight figure amazon business owners or e-commerce business owners who happen to focus on amazon better way of putting it probably today we're talking to ben leonard one of my favorite guests he is one of my go-to people in the amazon space indeed built and sold a brand within three years for seven figures, which is very impressive, is still building brands. And of course, that's all very positive and is actually very, very true. But there are some darker sides, some more challenging sides, which as Ben pointed out, don't tend to get discussed. So we're going to plunge into that today. So first of all, welcome back to the show, Ben. We have to talk about some of the, the challenges because it is actually quite tough. I think particularly, isn't it, for people who are building an online business. And I would say specifically on Amazon as well, because it can be such a bucking bronco, you know, getting your entire business suspended on the whims of a robot mm. is not something that most people experience, possibly with the exception of the Google slap, I suppose. So <laughs> where do we start with this? What, what, how do we even sort of frame up the chances? What are the big challenges? Challenges, you know, it's difficult even getting started, right? So many of us, they, we, we have an idea for a brand perhaps, or we've heard about the opportunity that e-commerce can present to us and we don't take any action because we fear failure. We fear judgment. Well, my family and friends think when I tell them that I'm going to try this, will they laugh because I couldn't possibly do that. I'm not qualified to do that. Do we think ourselves or we're not qualified to do that? And so we don't take any action or we kind of take half-hearted action. I never really get going with it. I talk to people like that all the time. Well, I've been working on this thing for a few years, but I haven't really done very much with it because you, you're, you're so tentative that you then can't really do anything. And these are things that have been kind of punched into us, I think, from, from school days, right? You, you go to school, you'd select subjects at school that you're interested in, and then you go to university based on how you did those subjects at school, and then you get a job based on whatever you studied in university. But actually, and that, that's why there's so many entrepreneurs out there who never become entrepreneurs, right? It's in their blood. They're supposed to be doing it, but they're not. Society has told them not to. And these people are the kind of people who sort of need to give themselves permission 
to take action. Because I actually, I had the idea for my first brand in 2012. And I did absolutely nothing about it until 2016. Because I didn't take action. I think well, the only thing that caused me to take action was when I had a really worrying art problem that caused me to have to quit work, take a whole bunch of drugs, and stop doing all my fitness hobbies. And I needed something to do. So I started de- developing these fitness products as a hobby, and that turned into my first brand. And so I want people to actually take action, give themselves permission to take action before they need some big life-changing event to, to take place. Interesting. I mean, I, I suppose it, in the movie that, you know, the, the whole classic, uh, who's it, story brand. The Hero's Journey. Yeah, the D- Donald Millen, the Hero's Journey. The truth is in a movie that nobody's going to believe it if the hero just kind of, you, you show him having an ordinary life, going to yeah. work, maybe looking unhappy, et cetera, et cetera. And then suddenly, spontaneously goes, now I'm going to become an entrepreneur or, you know, uh, make myself into uh, a, a baseball star, despite the fact that I was rubbish at baseball at school or whatever it is. The truth is yeah. there's always some external event. And I suppose that that was very, very true in your life, a health scare and then the time that came with it, which is interesting that some quite main, major figures in history, like I'm thinking Ben Franklin had some, the iron lung moment where he, yeah. he actually sat down and reflected. Is it possible to engineer that or is it just the, the luck of fate that forces us into that sort of thing? Uh, no, you can, I suppose you can engineer it in the sense that you can be aware that you shouldn't be waiting for some big catalyst to come along and force you into action. And you should give yourself permission to take action rather than waiting for your fate to do anything. You know, you mentioned Donald Miller there before. He speaks sometimes about how fate is a terrible writer and you should write your own story. And I love that. And I'm a huge fan of Dawn. If you haven't read his books, you should read. So I think it's about, it's about that. It's about taking control. You know, it's going to sound really cheesy, but I can't think of another way to put it. It's about taking control of your own destiny, right? And actually taking action. You know, most of the people listening to this are not in that position because actually they're, they're already e-commerce entrepreneurs. That's how they came across our podcast. But I bet there's one or two who are listening to this episode who have come across podcast because they've been searching through podcast apps or whatever for, for you know, they're, they're kind of exploring this whole di- idea of entrepreneurship and, and e-commerce and FBA. And, and you guys are the people that, that should be, be taking action. And those who are kind of maybe already, they've already started, but you're a bit half-hearted about it. It's about so giving yourself permission to actually go at it full tilt, give it, give it full commitment. Let's talk to those who are half-hearted because I think, you know, that's more the, the focus of the 10K Collective anyway. I mean, Amazing FBA is a broader mission. It's all sort of mission yeah. together anyway these days, but, you know, for, for getting the word out about the possibility. But I guess the, the half-hearted thing strikes me as worse than not going for it at all because then you are working really hard in the way that anyone does when you're actually in the job. So let's talk about the challenges of, of getting started as we've talked about. Let's talk about the, the challenges of actually being being in the job itself, you know, running your own e-commerce business. Yeah. What's your experience of that? It's hard. It's, it's hard. It's overwhelming, especially if you're new, because there's so much information coming at you from so many angles. There's YouTube videos, there's blogs, podcasts, there's Facebook groups, there's Discord groups, there's Reddit, subreddit, Reddits, and everybody's got an opinion. And some people are very vocal about those opinions. And some of those opinions are completely at odds with other opinions. How do we know what's right and what's wrong? And that becomes overwhelming. And then it becomes frustrating. We then get stuck in analysis paralysis and we don't know what to do. So we end up doing absolutely nothing. 
which is why I'm a big fan of sort of picking a lane and going down it, which is why I've kind of planted my flag in the whole build a brand around something you're passionate about. Thing. And then, of course, even once you've actually picked a lane and, and gone down it, actually running your e-commerce business day to day, it's hard work, especially when you start. You're wearing all the hats. You're, you're, you're juggling all the balls. You've got to do everything. And many of these things you are definitely not expert in because you, you're not an e-commerce person with a, a business degree. You, you're a landscape gardener, right? And you're developing a brand of products for gardeners. And you don't know diddly squat about PPC. And you've got to learn PPC. You've got to learn ranking. You've got to learn copy. You've got to learn all of these things. And that becomes really hard. And we start to experience decision fatigue. There's the loneliness that comes with running your own business. We're feeling pressure because we've sunk quite a lot of our own money into it. And perhaps we've got a family or a spouse or other dependents relying on us. We don't want to look like a failure to our family and friends. We might be experiencing imposter syndrome because we don't have any experience. And all of these things are entirely normal stress to experience as entrepreneurs. But you've got to come back to this point that I made, which is basically that you don't need the experience because we live in a time when the playing field is level. There's so many tools and educational resources out there now for anyone to become an e-commerce entrepreneur. And this is something that I touch on in the book that I'm, I'm just finishing now. You know, the, 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 the sub headline of, of that book or, or the subtitle is you don't need an MBA to crush it in e-commerce because you don't. And I'm living proof of that. Many thousands of other people are living proof of that. So that's a little bit of a ramble about some of the other challenges we face in e-commerce entrepreneurs. So it sounds like uh, if you boil it down, a lot of this would be a mindset challenge, really. And I'm not yeah. a big fan of the word mindset. I always shy away from it because I feel there's so much terrible quality content pretty much on anyone's yeah. Facebook page, you know, some big quote posted up in, in sort of neurotechnicolor, which doesn't necessarily help. But I mean, you actually have been there and are in there in the mix. What practices personally have you found? that got you through to the point that you got through what Seth Godin calls the dip, which is a, another a fantastic, ter terribly thin, but terribly important book, I think, which yeah. is to the point where you actually did sell the brand for seven figures, which for a lot of people is the classic objective. So what did you use to get you through those? Yeah. Seth Godin is an absolute legend. People should read his books too. Well, first, the first thing I did was I sought out other people. So I joined Facebook groups and from there. I built relationships with other people just like me, sitting on laptops, building e-commerce businesses. And those relationships meant that some of those people would invite me into little Facebook messenger groups where like-minded people would share ideas, help each other out when we had problems, tell our new friends about this new tool or idea or way of working that we've discovered. I would attend real events. If you live in a big enough city, I bet you, if you look on something like Meetup, you will find meetups for e-commerce or entrepreneurship or Amazon FBA or selling on Shopify, any of those things, for instance. And then there's conferences. I've just got back from speaking at three conferences. And although I loved speaking and I loved watching the other presentations, for me, the best bit about these events is actually the conversations you have with people during the coffee breaks, over lunch, over dinner, at the after party. You know, that's where the best networking is done. That's where the best business is done. 
that's where you end up making friends with these people and getting their number and exchanging ideas on WhatsApp with them and forming a little group and agreeing to have a chat on Zoom once a month. When we do these things, suddenly the imposter syndrome disappears because you're no longer an imposter. You're part of a group of peers who are actually just like you and you belong there too. The loneliness disappears because you're not lonely because you're reading these people, albeit mostly online, but you, you, you are connected to a community of people. And when you do that, you find you become confident. And when you're confident, you can operate at your best self. You can get into your flow state more and make, you know, perform more productive work. And you find that rather than existing in a, a constant world of de-stress, you're experiencing more eustress. So there's two types of stress. You know, I don't claim to be like a, a psychologist, but I understand this. There's two types of stress. There's distress and eustress. And eustress is like good stress. And I believe that as, as entrepreneurs, we need some stress because you need a bit of pressure, to, upward pressure being applied down on you to force you to take action. If there's no pressure, you don't do anything. But if all of that pressure is negative and constant, oh my God, I have to make this work or I'm going to pay the bills. So-and-so is going to think I'm a failure. Everyone's going to laugh at me. I'm not going to be able to pay my dad back to that loan. But actually, if we're feeling better about those things, and instead we just experience this kind of pressure to, yeah, I need to get stuff done. I need to make this work. But I'm not being myself myself up about it. I don't feel like an imposter. I'm not lonely. I feel like I'm among friends. I feel like I've got a network of people who can support me. And I feel like there are resources that can support me. Yes, I'm feeling the pressure, but actually I'm channeling that pressure into production. That's where the magic happens. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I think, you know, you and I have met through some of these groups that you're mentioning and we, and I've seen you speak at conferences, you're obviously an excellent speaker as, as you're getting invited on podcasts for good reason. But I think, yeah, as you said, the, the imposter syndrome probably comes from some imagined thing you're comparing yourself to when you meet other people and they're just scrabbling around the same as you going, what the hell is going on with Amazon terms of service change? How do we handle this? Or how on earth do you get Amazon to reinstate a listing when they've suspended it for X reason? You realize that everyone else is experiencing very similar stuff to you. And I think that's, that's absolutely critical. That's why I run the, the mastermind. I think it's the best thing I've done in the e-commerce space. But even though it only impacts like, you know, 10 people at a time, deliberately tiny. And I've stayed away from conference organizing because I'm happy to leave it to Danny McMillins and whoever of the world, because it just looks too stressful to me. But however big or small, I think those connections are absolutely critical. And I'm. This sounds like one of those terrible things that you get on Facebook, but I'm going to quote a Goethe quote. I'm Goethe is somebody close to my heart because I spent a lot of time in Germany in my early years. And this is just a brilliant quote that I think it exemplifies a lot of what you're saying. And I'm not going to give the whole quote, but to simplify it, it says something like, until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back. And then he says, and you were talking about the half-hearted thing, this speaks to this, the moment one definitely commits oneself, Providence moves through. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never have otherwise occurred. A whole stream of events issues from that decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance. Whatever you can or dream you can, begin it now. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. It's just like most exciting. I love that. I absolutely love that. I mean, Goethe, by the way, did not normally write stuff like that. It sounds like it's written by some American guy in, you know, 2022. But he, he didn't write stuff like that a lot. But when he wrote that, I think that's just incredible. And what he's talking about, to your point, is that half-hearted versus full-hearted. And yeah. uh, I, I really love that. And any other thoughts to wrap this up? Because we could talk about this for ages, but I think you, the connection thing is, is the key thing I'm taking for what you said. And I absolutely know that's true. 
I think, yeah, it's about giving yourself permission. You know, I had no business experience, no product development experience, no marketing experience. You know, I, I had to give myself permission to take action on things that on paper I was totally unqualified to do. That's the first step. And when you do that, you'll immediately, you'll, you'll feel freer. You'll have this kind of, yeah, like I belong here. I'm allowed to do this. That's the first step. And that is that whole mindset piece is part of the first section of my book, which is coming out in October, which is called quit stalling and build your brand. And if you go to quitstallingbook.com, you'll be able to join the waiting list and there will be some amazing free resources coming with that too. Amazing. Quit stalling. I like that. Quit stalling. Yeah. Okay. Give yourself permission. That sounds good. Any, any other quick sort of mindset tips or must do? Give yourself permission. And then, and we spoke about this more in the previous episode as well. Make sure you're actually aligned with what you're trying to build, right? Uh, have you started something that you're actually passionate about or, or not? And actually, sometimes I find when I speak with, with clients, the stumbling block they're having in their business, it, it comes down to the fact that they're not aligned with what they're trying to build. So they have no real interest in, in the brand, right? They've, they've made what I think is a mistake of, of trying to build something for a quick buck rather than building something about which they're passionate. And oftentimes that actually is linked to the permission because they may not know it. It might be sort of almost happening at a subconscious level, but they're not giving themselves permission to, to go out there and get, give it full tilt and, and get after it because they feel unqualified to do it because well, actually they are. I'm not here talking about business experience. I think you can start a brand and absolutely crush it with no business experience and no MBA. But what I am saying is if you're trying to build a brand of scuba diving equipment and you have no interest in scuba diving, you're the wrong person to do that. But I see it happening all the time. And these are the people who maybe on a subconscious level are actually not giving themselves permission because deep down they know this is the wrong thing. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that the honesty, again, that half-heartedness, I would say sometimes half-heartedness gives you a great hint that you should be zero-hearted. You shouldn't be in the gate as yeah. opposed to going, right, this isn't my, my bag. I'm going to shut it down or, or, you know, mutate it in some way. And uh, yeah, I like that a lot. I think that would you, I mean, this is, I'm putting words in your mouth here or, or I'm coming up with my own amateurish ideas. Would you say that it is a good idea to shut down a half-assed business or is that too extreme or? How would you approach that if somebody's selling scuba diving equipment, but really they left ballroom dancing or something? Well, I wouldn't shut down something that's working in terms of the numbers. Like the num if the numbers, if you started a, a scuba diving brand and you have no interest in scuba diving, but it's profitable, you're getting a solid ROI, the cash flow is working, and it's not causing you some terrible stress in your life, then keep doing it, but find ways to make it make more sense. So partner with somebody who is interested in scuba diving, bring them into the organization, make them before the face of the brand. Find ways that you can step back a bit and have other people run the things that are more brand related and you can focus more on the, perhaps your areas of strength are more in the raw technical aspects and the financial and business strategy aspects rather than the brand side of the business. So I wouldn't shut down something that's working at all. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> and I would say what's interesting to me is that I'm sort of talking about permission. I'm moving into acquiring brands that exist already because I know that I'm actually not that wholehearted about any physical product realm at this stage. I can't think, find it in my heart to, to go through all the stress that I know having done it once that it's going to take. 
but having permission to have a different relationship to a business, which nevertheless, as I hold, has somebody in there, to your point, who's very, very passionate about the brand side, is the yeah. key. I think you don't have to be everything in your business, which is the other thing that I think people need to give themselves permission for. It's like, if you're crap at bookkeeping, don't be a phone flipping bookkeeper. Hire somebody, for goodness sake. You know? yeah. It's amazing yeah. how long it takes people to get to that. So yeah, and good advice to not shut down something that's working. I, I do see people kind of half doing that in a sort of, they allow it to die because they kind of want out. Do you see that as well? Oh, just yeah, I see it. I see it. I mean, we, we get this at Econ Brokers. People come to us for the business that is, that is, is small, but otherwise good. It's too small for us to find the right buyer for. They don't really have any interest in growing it. Maybe they've hit a plateau and they're not the right people to take it forward. And they're in this type of no man's land. Realistically, few people are going to want to buy it. And if they do, you're not going to get very much for it. And my advice to them is often, well, if you grow this, and here's more or less at a high level what you need to do to grow this, you could actually sell this for decent money, but that's going to take you however long, 12 months, 24 months, and they're not interested in doing that. And those people are kind of, they're the ones who started something they were half-hearted about in the first place, and now they're kind of stuck in no man's land and they, they regret what they did, and they're just trying to run it down and hopefully get their money back. And it's a shame because often these people end up losing money and they have wasted a whole bunch of time as well, which it comes back to build something you're passionate about. Yeah, it, it, this is a recurring theme, isn't it? Well, thank you for being willing to share some of the difficult stuff. Many Amazon sellers think business growth is the same as sales growth. But if you're smarter, you know e-commerce businesses are sold as a multiple of profits, not of sales. So if you want to build a sellable business, you need to grow profits. And to grow profits, you need to cut waste and increase profitable sales. Our new quick assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. Go to AmazonProfitQuiz.com. That's AmazonProfitQuiz.com to get your free instant diagnosis. I'm sorry to quote Goethe in the middle of an interview. That probably sounds, it seems a bit sort of rude as, as the host somehow, but it just struck Not me as all. very relevant. It's a wonderful quote. Do, do pinch it and shove it at the beginning of a chapter somewhere. I think it's just the most inspiring quote. So if people want to get some help with, you know, if their business is sort of teetering a bit or they're not sure if they should commit or something or any of the other things we've discussed, how do they get hold of you? And what, what is it you do for people at, at benledder.pro? You obviously have sure. incredible amounts to share, but specifically, how do you help? Yeah, sure. So it's people, I, I consult basically, right? So I already consult with private equity backed portfolios of brands who, who want to learn how to, you know, that they've discovered that actually it's the people on laptops, these spare rooms that are better at e-commerce than they are. They want to learn how to do what the little guys are doing. I work with them, but I'll also work with e-commerce business owners and they might be doing six figures or they might be doing eight figures. And we'll, we'll kind of pick apart the, the areas that they need help on. And that might be just a few one-off calls or it might be an ongoing project. I work on a whole variety of bases. You can go to my website, benleonard.pro and click on pick my brain and you can just book some time with me and pick my brain. Or, you know, I, I even take sort of, I consult for equity. I'll take minority equity stakes in brands and, and buy into the brand and, and show my commitment to the brand and work with them on, on a long-term basis to, to get it somewhere fantastic. Oh, great. Amazing. And so it's benleonard.pro is the place to find you, right? Any other places that people should find you online? I'm on LinkedIn. Just search Ben Leonard. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is 
benleonardpro. Email me, ben at benleonard.pro. And of course, you can get on the waiting list to buy my book, which is quickstallingbook.com. Just to clarify, spelling L-E-O-N-A-R-D for your surname, right? Just Leonard, yeah, L-E-O-N-A-R-D. Like the, like the golfer, Justin Leonard. Okay, I um, don't know him, but so what was the URL again for the book? It's quitstalling... Quitstallingbook.com. Book.com, amazing. Yeah, the book is going to be called Quitstalling and Build Your Brand. Excellent. Yeah, stop messing about, guys, and commit. The great man, Gutierrez, said it himself, so it must be true. By the way, he's a professional poet, so I don't suppose that's probably the wisest person to take business advice from, whereas Ben, <laughs> obviously you are something of a serial entrepreneur now and, and certainly a serial helper of many, many businesses. And the fact that you've got the business broker hats is incredibly helpful, I think, because it gives you the, the other sort of perspective of the, of the buyer's side, you know, how sellable is a business, um, yeah. which I think is super helpful, which is why I, you know, privately will just unprompted send people to you to get advice because I just know that they're going to be in great hands. So Ben, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts and wisdom as ever. Really greatly appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Do you feel you're wasting money you could be keeping in your pocket? Well, many private label Amazon sellers don't even know where they're wasting money, let alone how to stop it. If that's you, we can help. Our new online assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a powerful and quick diagnosis, go to amazonprofitquiz.com. That's amazonprofitquiz.com to get your instant free analysis straight away. 464. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.